have you all here this morning. You all still feeling thankful? All right. Well, you're going to have an opportunity in, in the service this morning to share how thankful you are. Hopefully, you're, hopefully it's more than just for the, the big meal you had on Thursday. And uh, ho- hopefully it goes deeper than that. If it doesn't, hopefully by the end of the service it will. Um, so our, our service today is going to be a little bit different than normal, although I'm not sure that we have anything called normal around here. Um, but I'm going to give you all an opportunity to, to share your thoughts on Thanksgiving, on being thankful, what it means to you, uh, your testimony along those lines, and, uh, I'm going to be sharing some things. I'm going to want some audience participation. So um, be thinking about that uh, in the meantime. And uh, I will certainly give opportunity for you all to share. But once again, welcome to, to everybody. It's, it's good to have you all here. Um, I think I'll go ahead and give what few announcements we have now so I don't have to interrupt the service for it later. Once again, we're approaching... Well, the end of the year and the first, the first of the month, of the last month of the year, and the beginning of every month, we have a family game night here, the first Friday night of the month, is that right, John? And John and Maggie normally host that here, so that's coming up this Friday night, and it's always a, a good time of just fellowship and, you know, playing games, uh, just getting together and, and having having a good time of fellowship informally. So that is this Friday evening here at the church. What time is that, John? 6.30. And bring finger foods for everybody to share and a snack. Christmas-themed snacks. All right. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. I'm sure my girls will enjoy uh, getting into that. So uh, that is this Friday evening. Um, I don't think we have anything else planned for the week, do we, Phil? Any other announcements? Anything else I'm missing? That is correct. Next Sunday, I believe, if if everything goes according to our current schedule, um, the kids group, His Little Feet, plan to be here Sunday morning with us. And uh, I know a number of you have, have, have heard them and uh, are aware of, of that ministry, and uh, they plan to be here with us next Sunday morning. So you will certainly enjoy that, so please come back and uh, join us for that. Um, there are a number of people traveling today. We're missing a number of people, so let's be in prayer for those that are traveling and are uh, visiting family and friends at other places. It's, uh, Thanksgiving is actually one of the biggest travel days or weekends of the year, so uh, pray that the Lord gives safety to those out traveling. And this morning we have uh, Drew and Paul here with us are going to lead our worship. We're glad to have you and your families here with us again. So 
Let's uh, bow our heads for a prayer, and then I will turn it over to uh, our brothers to lead us in worship this morning. Thank you, Father, for this time we have together, and that we can come to you. I pray that our hearts would be filled with thanksgiving and praise to you for who you are, mostly, and for what you do and want to do in our lives. And I pray, Father, that each heart and life here would be open to you this morning for you to work in our lives as you see fit, that we commit this time to you, praying that you would receive all honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all want to stand with us? God is so good. He has so many things to be happy for, to be thankful for. This morning as we're praising and worshiping the Lord, I just want us to think about, I want us to think about the greatness of God. And in light of the greatness of God, I want us also to think about the smallness of man. It's so easy for us to it's just our nature to put ourselves up, you know, up on a pedestal, but really in comparison to God, we're not that great. But He has condescended to come down and be with us and sent His Son, so God in the flesh, to die on the cross for us so that we would not have to endure the punishment that we justly deserved. My friend Chris said, if I don't light your fire, your wood's wet. That's amazing, y'all. And so as we praise and worship today, I want us to think about that. I want us to think about the God that loves us so much. If you don't have anything else to be thankful for, you can be thankful for that. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There's power, power on the work and power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there's power. your key. There's power. Sorry, y'all. Power in the blood. Glad y'all know it. There's power, power, underwear. Oh, there's power. 
sing this together.
your perfect sacrifice. By your perfect sacrifice, I've been brought near. Your enemy, you made your friend. Pouring out the riches of your glorious grace, your mercy and your kindness know no end. Your Washed away my sin, Jesus, thank you. The Father's wrath completely satisfied, Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord giving your life, that we can have life, that we can be brought near into the presence of the Holy, Holy God. We magnify you this morning, for you have done this work, Lord. It is not of our works, but by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. one more time. Your blood has washed away my sins. Jesus, thank you. The Father's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table. 
church are your children we can't thank you enough there's no way but Lord with what we have we thank you and we owe you our lives and Lord I pray that your word would change our lives today that you would teach us and that we would receive it we love you Heavenly Father and bless your holy name in Jesus name amen y'all can be seated Amen. Thank you guys for leading us in that time of singing. Uh, this song was a new one for me, but that, uh, that chorus just really stood out to me. Your blood has washed away my sin. Jesus, thank you. The Father's wrath completely satisfied, and we're no longer enemies. You know, a lot of, uh, I, I see it in a lot of songs and, and perhaps uh, unintentional on the part of songwriters and, and even in preaching and uh, speaking, I often hear of the words that our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Are your sins covered by the blood of Jesus Christ this morning? Or are they washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ? There's a huge difference. In the Old Testament, before the blood of Jesus, the blood of bulls and goats covered the sins. And the Father's wrath wasn't completely satisfied. That had to be done over And over again, every year, the atonement of sins. And the Father accepted that, but he wasn't completely satisfied until the blood of his son, Jesus, washed those sins away. And he was completely satisfied. Don't ever let anyone tell you that your sins are simply covered by the blood. If, If you have had the blood of Jesus applied to your life, your sins are washed away. They're no longer there. They're not simply covered. And that is very fitting today to be thankful for. That's the ultimate thanksgiving we should be having. We'll get into that a little bit more later. All right, um, we don't have our singers here this morning that normally sing with our kids. Maybe Caden wants to sing. Do you want to sing for everybody? You don't? Okay. But Steve has a story for you all. So kids, come on, sit up here. 
And Steve's going to read you a story, tell you a story, be a story. I'm not sure which one there, but, uh, <laughs> but find, find a place to sit down. You can all sit down on the edge here. There you go, Steve. Thank you. Now, how many of you children think you're important? You're important. That means you're precious, you're, that you're loved. No? Well, you know what? God loves you. Jesus loves you. Your parents love you. That's right. And maybe your sister and brother loves you if you have them. <laughs> or how about your, your friends, your neighbors, your cousins? Well, you know, Jesus does love the children. I'm going to read from Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. Then there we brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, Suffer, little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed. Now, God blesses you to be a blessing to others. Did you know that? Yes. But I'm going to tell you a story. I know of a man years that uh, he was blessed. But he was a believer in Jesus Christ. But it seems like he had a little lack of faith. See, he, he was staying with the family for a little while. And there was two children. And the man, he wore glasses. Now, how, it looks like none of you wear glasses. I guess you can all see, except for one. But you know what? This man, the children, one of them asked, could they pray for his eyes? So he did. He took off his glasses. They prayed for him. And... He put the glasses back on after he prayed. And the children looked at him and said, they were wondering why they put, he put them back on. And, but they had faith. You know, children have faith, sometimes more than some of us adults. Don't say amen. <laughs> but, uh, and so later on, <laughs> Somehow that the uh, man lost his glasses. He put them someplace he forgot. And you know what happened? That because he lost his glasses, that God honored that prayer from those two children and healed his eyes. See, he could see up close, but he had a hard time seeing far away. It was blurry to him. So, but God healed him because of those two children praying. Now, do you pray? You pray for your parents? Ah, oh, well, that's a good prayer, too. But you know what? Do you, would you like to pray for somebody today? Okay. 
you know who we're going to pray for? Well, I'm going to ask this individual to come and sit in the seat, and then you could put your hands on his shoulders, and which one of you would like to pray for him? Okay, I'll get the bigger kids. Uh, where did all the bigger kids go? Would you like to come up and... Yeah, you. Brother Pastor Phil, would you like to sit in this seat? Children, come on up. And we're going to pray for him that he draw, be, get closer to the Lord and that God will give him wisdom and love, more love, because we all need more love. So can you put your hands on his shoulders and pray for him? Okay. Would you like to pray? God, I thank you for Phil, and I pray that you would just give him wisdom and give him, help him when he's struggling, and just bless him and his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, put your hand. No, you're not going to? Okay. And does anybody else want to pray for Brother Phil? No. Thank you. Now, we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing one song. And I don't know if you know it or not. It goes like this. Jesus loves the little children. You know that? Well, sing along with me. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Yellow, black, black, and white. He's precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Okay, let's pray. Father, we are going to pray, okay? I'll pray, okay? Father, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, we ask you to continue to bless these children and their families, Lord. Use them. And Lord, that they have that love and that faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go back to your seats now. Thank you, Steve. It's a great lesson in prayer and faith. Have the faith of a child. All right. Um, we have coffee, tea, water in the back foyer there. I'm going to give you all about a five-minute break here or something like that to help yourselves to that. Or uh, our restrooms are down that hall to my left. And uh, greet your neighbor, say hello. Give you about a five-minute break here, and then we'll come back for the rest of our service. All right, go ahead.
flowing out of a thankful heart in, in each one of our lives. So very, very applicable there. Um, how, how about how about Preston? You know, yeah, it was uh, actually a pretty low-key, relaxing day. But um, what uh, what what does Thanksgiving Day, not necessarily thankfulness? We'll get to that in a, in a minute. But what what does that mean to you? I think in in our culture, it largely means having a day off and eating too much. Um, that's, that's kind of what it's, what it's amounted to. Now, it didn't start that way. But uh, what does it mean to you? Is it, is it something that you just do? Is it something that, well, it's now a uh, national holiday, so that's just what we do? Or does it actually have a purpose in your heart and your mind? Tim. Well, it's there. There are a lot of uh, opportunities that that God gives to us in times like that. Now, Thanksgiving Day is not a uh, biblical thing, if you will. Now, giving thanks is, as as we will see, extremely important. Um, Lukey, I'm going to pick on you. Is that okay? <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, do you know how Thanksgiving Day started in in the U.S.? Tell me about it. Okay. Why were they giving thanks? Do you remember? Remember why they were giving thanks? There's actually a couple different stories to it. I mean, we have our traditional idea of the first Thanksgiving in the U.S. Traditionally, it was after uh, one of their first good harvests, and, and they had a, a big celebration um, with the Native Americans at that time. And that, that was actually before there was a lot of hostility between Native Americans and, and uh, the settlers. But uh, 
There are varying accounts of that, but it, it was in thankfulness for what God had done for them in, in blessing their crops and allowing their uh, uh, allowing them to have a prosperous year, as it were. And being a little bit of a, a history buff, I've I've looked into a lot of the origins of of Thanksgiving and the different proclamations that were made. Uh, George Washington was one of the first to make a like a Thanksgiving Day proclamation and uh, several others throughout uh, history did as well. But the actual one, I, I found it really interesting, the, the proclamation that the uh, Congress ended up adopting was written by Samuel Adams for the most part. And uh, I, I was really intrigued of it as, as I was reading over it, and I'm going to read an excerpt from it. And uh, or their, the language they use and stuff is, is a little bit different than our uh, modern-day language. This was in 1777, I think, that, that this was written. So uh, you might have to follow along if you don't uh, understand all the words that they use or how they use them. But uh, coming from one of the founders of, of the country, if, if you will... Um, I was intrigued with with the perspective that Samuel Adams had, um, and and this was later adopted by the by the uh, Continental Congress at that time. So he says, "It is therefore recommended to the legislative or executive powers." of these United States to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December. So uh, the date's actually changed a number of times throughout history. Uh, the 18th day of December for a solemn thanksgiving and praise that, that at one time, I've accepted the fact that I'm getting old. Um, maybe I should have had Steve praying for me so I didn't have to get these things. <laughs> That at one time and with one voice, the good people may express the grateful feelings of their hearts and consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor, and that together with their sincere acknowledgments and offerings, that they may join the penitent confession of their manifold sins, whereby they have forfeited every favor and their, and their humble and earnest supplication, that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive them and blot out and blot them out of their remembrance that it may please him graciously to afford his blessing on the governments of these states respectively and the power of the public council to the whole to inspire our commanders uh, actually I, that was what was I going to read there didn't want to read the whole thing, but they were, they may inspire uh, the commanders of the armies and the governments. And under the providence of the Almighty God to secure these United States and all human beings with blessings, independence, and peace, that it may please him to prosper the people 
and the labor of the husbandman, that our land may yield its increase. For the promotion and enlargement of the kingdom, which consisteth in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, can you imagine a politician, or much less the Congress, adopting something like that today? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Though, so, um, and I don't, I'm, I'm not here to make a, a political statement or, or. Uh, any such thing, or even the debate of whether America is a Christian country or any such thing, but the founding fathers and Samuel Adams in this case definitely had at least a, a certain view of, of God that formed his thoughts and ideas of settling this nation and, and what God, and specifically through His Son, Jesus Christ, has, has done for us. And He talked about the, the uh, having our sins forgiven, taken away. He talked about power, having the power of the Holy Ghost. Um, so these, these things were actually what was on the hearts of leaders as they proclaimed Thanksgiving Day. So I say that more just from, from a, a historical uh, perspective, and, and that is something we, we tend to lose today. But that was, that's kind of a, a, a foundational thing for our lives and, and what Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day is, is all about. So, like I said, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about Thanksgiving Day, but what, what does the Bible talk about thankfulness what is and maybe you children can answer me or anyone else what is probably the most memorized verse in the bible about thankfulness or being thankful that is right for this is the will of god which is very foundational to remember that thanksgiving is the will of God for your life and for my life. And if we don't understand that, then the rest of this here and looking at these uh, scriptures are going to mean very little or nothing. Um, as, you, as you look in the Bible... Who are some of the most unthankful people that you saw, that you can see in the Bible? Now, I specifically say in the Bible because if you, uh, in society in general, I, I, I think uh, in general Amer the Americans probably have uh, these people pretty much outdone for not being thankful. But who are, who are some of the most unthankful people in, in the Bible that you read about? Linda? I'm sorry? Kings? They did. They, they didn't recognize the will of God in their lives very much at all. And Steve? 
Okay. I was thinking about them quite a bit as well. Lucas, do you have something? Jonah? Jonah wasn't very thankful either. He was, he was actually a pretty good uh, uh, description of that when uh, he, he wasn't even thankful for the Lord's mercy on people. Michael? Saul? Saul? Okay, where, where was he not thankful? Can you tell me about it? He took a lot of he took a lot of things uh, for granted in his kingdom a little bit, like uh, Linda was talking about, and yeah, definitely not thankful either. But some of the the, the first things you you see in in scripture in in, in uh, talking about thankfulness, you see you're actually seeing the opposite, and how destructive the opposite was. You see that a lot in the children of Israel, and I want to look at, at some of their uh, some of these things in their lives. I'm going to give out some references here that I want uh, you all to uh, volunteer to look up for me and, and read them. And we're going to see a pattern here. Like I said, a, a lot of what you see first is unthankfulness. And I'm going to look at that in, in the lives of, of the children of Israel, and then we're going to go into Psalms and see how David, on the other hand, expressed thankfulness or how God expects thankfulness. So you're, you're going to see the contrast here. So let, let's look at some of these uh, examples of unthankfulness in the children of Israel and see what God's response to that was. Uh, someone look up Exodus 15 verses 24 and 25. Whoever finds that, start reading it for me, please. So, uh, Phil just mentioned this passage in a sermon in the last couple of weeks here, I believe. So, this was where they had come up to these waters, and the waters were bitter, and, they were, and their first thought was complaining. Well, what are we going to drink? Well, what did God do? What did he do there when they complained? They weren't being thankful for what they had. They were complaining. What did God do? He gave them water. He, he blessed them with something to drink. Not because of their own merit. They weren't thankful. Uh, let's go to the next chapter over. Exodus 16, verses 2 and 3. Someone want to read those for me? <laughs> Do you want mine? <laughs>
Okay, so this is, this is after the water miracle. And all of a sudden they're hungry. And they start complaining. Oh, we had, all, we had it so good back in Egypt. Forgetting they were slaves and really didn't have it good at all. But hey, at least we had plenty of food. Isn't it amazing how some things don't change? As soon as our stomachs get empty, we start complaining. What did God do? Do you, do you know the story? What, what, what did God do in the, in the following verses after they complained about not having food? Lucas. He sent, he sent from the quail. Okay. That was one of the things he did. What else did he do? Man sent them manna. Sent them manna. Gave them plenty of food to eat. They hardly even had to work for it. Basically handed to them. There again. Did they, did they ask God for food? No. They complained that they didn't have any. They weren't thankful. But God gave to them anyway. Another chapter over. Boy, they didn't learn from their lessons. Exodus 17, verses 3 and then verse 6. You don't need to read the in-between verses. Just verses 3 and 6 of Exodus 17. Somebody. Uh, verse 6, I believe. So, once again, like I said, they, they didn't learn from just their, their previous experience. All of a sudden, they had no water. So they had, they had seen these miracles, and these by far weren't the only miracles they had seen since coming out of Egypt. But what was their first response? We're going to complain. And what did God do again? He gave them water through Moses. Well, eventually God got tired of it. Turn over to Numbers Chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Someone read that for me. Finally, the Lord had enough. Now, I think, and I'm, this may have been after my next verses, I'm not sure, but this was right over the time that uh, they, had, they had sent the spies into the land of Canaan, and they came back, and, and you know the story, the ten brought an evil report. Joshua and Caleb brought a good report, and they chose to complain about the report of the ten. And finally, God said, I've had enough. So you see the you see the uh, the chances that God gave them previously, time and time again. They complained, God gave. They complained and God gave. They complained and God gave some more. But eventually, God said, "This is enough." Their hearts weren't changed 
into thankful hearts through what God had, had, did, had done for them. Numbers 14, verses 26 through 30, you're going to see some more of God's punishment for their complaining. Numbers 14, 26 through 30, someone go ahead and read that. They got to go over their parents who were complaining and unthankful. So God didn't take it lightly. He didn't take it lightly at all that they were all the complaining, all the unthankfuls. And he gave them chance after chance after chance, but they continued to complain. And we... uh, We see that today, and I think I think God's mercy and His long suffering is even greater for us today, if you will. Um, Sherry, come sit back down. Kaden, sit down. Do you want to come sit by me? <laughs> oh, he's going to take me up on it. Come sit sit down on the step up here. Come sit down on the steps over here. There you go. Sit down. There we go. Now I can keep my eye on him a little better. And you can too. (laughs) Um, So, but how how often is is that done today? We just don't learn. And I I speak from from experience myself. Um, In fact, this... uh, this very week, I was thinking a lot this week and uh, coming towards the end of the year and you know how, how it is often you, uh, you come to the end of the, or at the beginning of the year often you'll set goals for the end of the year, whether it's for your business or your private life or your uh, finances, whatever the case may be. And... Uh, and I'm, I'm no different in that. And now we're nearing the end of the year. And I was thinking about it a lot this week. Um, wow. So many of my goals, especially financially and work-wise, were just not realized this year. They just weren't, weren't there. Didn't turn out the way I expected. 
not necessarily badly, but just simply not the way I had planned or expected. And I struggled with that, being, being thankful for what, for what God has given and, and realizing that, you know, what, 95% probably of, of the world would consider me to be wealthy and forgot to, to look back at all the times where I've been a whole lot worse off and God provided and provided and provided. He's never let me down. So I'm not, I don't say anything about the, the children of Israel that I don't say about myself. It's all very, uh, it's, a real, it's a real thing, and I, I think uh, each of you probably understand what I'm saying there too. Well, let's move into uh, Psalms and look at some verses about how, how God feels about praise and thanksgiving. Um, and what, what do you expect? So let, let's start looking. We've been focusing on the negative. Let's look on the positive. Psalm 92, verse 5. Someone want to read that? And then after that, Psalm 100, verse 4. Psalm 92, 5. Not sure if that was the one that I actually had uh, was referring to. I might have wrote that reference down. Wrong. Uh, possibly. I think that's probably what I was looking for in that chapter. It is a good thing. Do you consider it a good thing in your life? Psalm 100, verse 4. Let's try that one. Um, I'm not even sure. If, do you know how it goes? Oh, that one? I will enter his... That's that's what a, a thankful heart will do. It will it will lift you up with gladness. And I will enter 
his gates. And I, that's, that's one of the reasons why um, in, in our church services, when we come, we start with praise and, and worship and, and thankfulness, entering into his gates with praise. It's very fitting, not only in our uh, corporate church and worship services, but in our personal lives as well, and, and something here again that I, I speak to myself as much as anybody, but I would, I would challenge each one of us to when you're, when you're coming into an alone time with God or even throughout the day, come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise and see what that does for your own heart and for your time with God. Uh, Psalm 107, verses 21 and 22. What is this? Sacrifice of thanksgiving. What do you what do you think of? What what is a sacrifice of thanksgiving? What's he talking about there? Any ideas? Benda? Okay. That that can be one of them. I don't know that there's any wrong answers here. I just want I want to hear your your thoughts on there. What is a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Steve? It takes effort. That, that can be a good one. A, a, a sacrifice is, is something that takes effort. It's not something that's easy to do. Any other thoughts on that one? Tim? all about our perspective. Uh, Psalm 50, verse 23, that's something to read that yet out of, out of the Psalms. Psalm 50, 23. So what what does what does he say Thanksgiving does? It honors God. Now it's not it's not just a, a work of our own selves in feeling thankful, but it brings honor to God. And what was his response? When we honor him with Thanksgiving? What was the end of that verse, Katie? Show the salvation of God. 
Thanksgiving is just, it's interwoven with, with everything about God that we give to him and, and him to us in return. Um, let's switch over to the, to the New Testament now. How, how does this, uh, how is this taught in the New Testament? And, and all these verses here, I, I want you to be thinking as we go along here because I want to hear more from you. Um, about how you make this practical in your life or how you want to make it practical in your life, something that we're probably all still growing in. I know I need a lot of growth in this area. But let's go over to the New Testament, and once again, I want to look at the negative first. I don't want to to totally focus on the negative, but there there is... uh, Negative involved, and it shows how seriously God, we saw it in the Old Testament with, with the children of Israel, and we see it in, in the New Testament again, too. And I'm going to read in Romans uh, chapter 1 in, in verse 18. Now, he's, he's talking about ungodly people here. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed, uh, this is Romans chapter 1, verse 18, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and unrighteous and the unrighteousness of men who suppress truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since creation, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or give thanks. So, you see, you know, what, why, why would it add that thing? I mean, you're talking about these, you know, wicked men who God has shown through creation, through everything, and he's showing how we all, whether righteous or evil, are without excuse because of what God has clearly shown even through nature. But he ends up with saying, and they weren't thankful. Now, that on the surface, that might seem like a strange thing to tack on to the end of that. I mean, you're having all these wicked things that that are in a person's mind, refusing to even acknowledge God. Seems like a lot bigger deal than, and they weren't thankful. Why? Why would God add that on to a verse like that? What do you think? There again, I don't know if there's wrong answers to that. But why, why is that so important? It clearly is, clearly very important to God. Why, why is that? Tim? can't really be thankful if you don't have someone to be thankful to, right? Anyone else? What are, what are your thoughts why God looks at that so seriously? Thankfulness or the lack of thankfulness along with not even acknowledging God. And then his whole purpose of making man is 
There you go. They don't, that, that was God's whole purpose with man is to have that, to have that fellowship, to have that back and forth, which ultimately on our part is thankfulness. So clearly, it was something that not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, sometimes we, we look at the Old Testament and we say, okay, well, that was, that was them, that was the children of Israel, you know, and we kind of write it off for us today. But clearly, God had the same uh, thoughts about it for, for us today. Now, let's look at a, at a few other uh, references quickly here in, in the uh, New Testament about thankfulness and thanksgiving. Uh, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Does someone want to read those for me? And after this one, it's going to be Colossians 4, verse 2. So someone get that ready a while. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Overflowing with gratitude. So he has all these things. There, there again, it's, it, it's kind of tacked on to the end of the sentence, you know, being rooted and grounded in him and, and all these things. But be thankful. Have gratitude. It's, it's clearly important. We, we talk about being rooted and grounded in Christ and, and serving and loving and, and whatever all, but so often we overlook the, the gratitude part of it. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 6. Or, sorry, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Colossians 4, verse 2. Philippians 4, 6 is after that. With an attitude of thanksgiving. Um, keeping yourselves in prayer. There, there again, it's, it's on the end of a verse talking about prayer, staying in prayer. It's how often are our prayers, God, I need this. God, help me here. And those are not wrong. God wants us to, to uh, bring those things to him as well. But so often, my prayers will end there. Are we doing it with thanksgiving? Are we praying with thanksgiving? A huge challenge. Um, Philippians 4, verse 6. Continuing in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Again, just, it's just, you can't separate it. Uh, Colossians 3.15. And 
This is the last one, so it's your last chance to read one of the verses. Colossians 3.15. Linda? sure if that was the one I had. Is it Galatians? <laughs> That's okay. You got it there, Phil? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know, one of the best ways to do that is to be thankful for what Christ has done for us and for what he's continuing to do in your, in your life. And we, we saw that in, in, in that song we sang this morning, Thank You, Jesus. You have that attitude. It's hard not to have the peace of God in your life. If you're lacking if you're lacking peace in your life, try thankfulness. So I want I want to hear from you now. Now we've we've seen all these uh, references and I wasn't going to take nearly this much time at it, but uh, you've seen what happened in the Old Testament with the children of Israel, what God wanted out of them, what they did and what they didn't do, the warnings in the New Testament and the commands in the New Testament to be thankful. And that's, that's all good. That's, that's well and good. But how do, we, how do you make that practical in your life? That's, that's the big question. Are we going to just read these verses and, oh, well, that's, that's good. That's inspiring. I want to try to do better in that, which is all good. But how, how do we do that practically? So I, I, I want to hear from you guys. I'm just going to open it up. What, what are your thoughts on being thankful in your life? And share what you're thankful for. Um, anything along those lines. The floor is yours. Linda. right um, and God is God has given so much and so so often in, in things like that we uh, for those that possibly didn't hear she uh, said she's thankful for uh, the advancements in medicine and uh, technology and that and being in uh, and how that's helped her life tremendously so often we think you know we're well we are thankful for the doctors are thankful for that, and which is good. But do we understand that even the the science behind these things? It's 
we have nothing, men have nothing in, in, in their minds or their thought processes in being able to come up with these things other than that it was given by God. Are we, are we thankful for these things? And that's a great practical uh, illustration of, of being thankful for things that we often don't even think about ascribing to God. Christopher. Sure. Amen. Thank you, Christopher. It's uh, being, yeah, being thankful. That's that's a practical outworking of being thankful for each other and thankful for the body of Christ and and how it uh, can lead us and encourage us. <laughs> Those verses that you were. Uh, uh, reading, doing everything without complaining. I was just, uh, I think it's Steve Green has the children's song about that. I was just singing that to my kids yesterday. Um, they weren't very impressed, but. <laughs> so many of these little things to be thankful for and if you are thankful for them and uh, yeah it is something we try to teach our, our children to be to be thankful for things instead of complaining oh, what's up about somebody or something, think about uh, what you're thankful for in, in that area instead. Steve. I asked for practicality. That was a lot of practicality right there. So... There's a lot of a lot of things you can do, and and our uh, world, whether whether it's our medical professionals, especially dealing with uh, more the mental side of things, acknowledge that even aside from God, that's how God created us. We're essentially hardwired for that, if you will, and. It definitely is makes for a better life all around. Just that attitude of gratitude, if you will. Tim. Thank you, Tim. John. 
Sorry, I have a mic. My voice is a little bit, uh, I'm gaining it back. So there's been a few things that have been on my mind, especially with Thanksgiving uh, a couple days ago. And uh, I was up in the mountains Friday and Saturday elk hunting. And um, I haven't been up to the mountains for quite a while. And uh, a song came to my mind from back when I was a kid um, called I Will Lift My Eyes from Bebo Norman. Uh, I'll just read it. Um, God, my God, I cry out, your beloved needs you now. God, be near, calm my fear, and take my doubt. Your kindness is what pulls me up. Your love is all that draws me in. I will lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb. I will lift my eyes to the calmer of the oceans raging wild. I will lift my eyes to the healer of the hurt I hold inside. I will lift my eyes, lift my eyes to you. God, my God, let mercy sing her melody over me. And God, right here, all, all I bring is all of me. Your kindness is what pulls me up. Your love is all that draws me in. I will lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb. I will lift my eyes to the calmer of the oceans raging wild. I will lift my eyes to the healer of the hurt I hold inside. I will lift my eyes, lift my eyes to you. And it goes on, um, but... Um, also, uh, Psalm 121 is kind of where that song comes from. I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He will preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Um, this year has been quite the year for a lot of us. Um, and um, we've had sorrow. We've had joys. We've, uh, we've had hurt. We've, we've had a lot of fun as well. And... Uh, uh, what I'm getting at is that through it all, the thing that we, whenever life hurts most, whenever life is the hardest, it doesn't matter what's going on here in this earth. Uh, if you have a heavenly vision, then we can lift our eyes to the maker of the mountains, the one who makes the oceans rise and the waves crash and the sun to come up and down every day. We can lift our eyes to our Heavenly Father, and uh, if you have that Heavenly Father in your life and your f forgiveness of sins, then you have something to be thankful for every day, and every day is a good day if you have God in your life. Also, Lexi wants to say something she's thankful for. I am so thankful that God died on the cross for our sins. Amen. The ultimate thankfulness. Thank you, Lexi and John. And yes, it's um, just as you were talking, John, I was thinking, yeah, the last year, well, a year ago today, actually, on, on a Sunday morning was when my father was put on a ventilator and passed away a day and a half later. Hard to believe that's that's been a year already, but even in, in those 
in those circumstances of, you know, we as a family, you know, while we really miss my dad and uh, it's, you know, my, my mom has obviously had the most adjustment to, to deal with after uh, having been married for 50 years. Um, but all our family, and, and especially my mom, you know, our, our testimony is thankfulness to Jesus, thankfulness to God, because ultimately he is good even in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm thankful for that this morning. Anova, did you have something? As that's very true, I can speak from experience on that. If 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 you can be thankful at a time like that, if there's thanksgiving in your heart at a time like that, I mean that's that's where the real test comes in. It seems it's easy to talk about it, but where where the rubber meets the road, and especially in death, and especially you know family members, friends, whatever, is a real time of, of testing of, of gratitude in our hearts. And I think if it, if it comes through there, you know, you know, you have a heart of gratitude. Anyone else yet? Sounds like lunch is probably about ready. So, but I'm not going to shut you down if you still have something to be thankful for. And we will be thankful for the food too. All right. Well, I'm going to let Phil close the service. Um, if you have anything to share or just a dismissal prayer or blessing on the meal, go ahead. Sure. <clears throat> uh, this week I was pondering and praying about what the Lord really wants from me, uh, the thanksgiving and praise that he wants me to thank him for. And I agree with all of you. I'm so I was so blessed this morning to hear all of the practical things in this life that we're thankful for. But the word the Lord gave me was in Luke chapter 10. Jesus gave power to 70 men and he sent them out two by two. And he gave them the power to heal people, to preach the gospel, and to cast out demons. And you know what they came back with a little while later? They were so happy. They were rejoicing. Does anyone know what they were rejoicing about? Why were they glad? They said to Jesus, even the demons are subject to us. I can tell any demon to leave and he goes. Would that make you happy? You know what Jesus said to them? He acknowledged it. He said, I seen Satan fall from heaven like lightning down to the earth. He said, it's true. But he said, don't rejoice in that. He said, rejoice in this, that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so the Lord kept speaking that to my heart all week long. Phil, there's one great joy I want you to rejoice in this week. And as I was praying about those and for those who have a lot of sorrow and pain in their life this week, I was praying for the Christians in Iran 
in North Korea, in China, all over the world who are being persecuted for their faith, separated from their families. They're in prison. They're out in work camps right now. So you and I sit here in these nice, comfortable chairs, and we eat this good meal. They're out there slaving and starving until they give their last breath. Only for one reason. Their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. They will not renounce Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's the only reason they're there. Because they have a Bible. And they read it to their children. And the government says, burn that book. And they say, no, I won't. What do they have to be thankful for? If you ask them right now, if the Holy Spirit could somehow do what he did to Philip and transport one of those men or women from that prison camp in North Korea to stand here right now and talk to us, and you ask him, what are you, gonna, what are you thankful for? What do you think he'd say? What do you think she would say? This one thing. That's all. And that thankfulness... No one can take from us. No one can take that joy from us. And it takes us to another level. Yes, we are to give thanks in everything in this life, the good things the Lord gives us. But there's a joy that John Piper, some of you may have heard of him. He's a a dear brother, an older man of God who's preached the gospel for many years and wrote books. And he wrote a book, Let the Nations Be Glad. I encourage you to read it sometime. That's the title. Let the nations be glad. And he talks about being glad in God. It's a general attitude. An attitude that is in us. No matter what happens to us. That I'm glad in God. And if you find it hard, dear brother, sister, to rejoice. Just in this fact. Go back and read Revelation chapter 20 and chapter 21 this afternoon. And see if it doesn't make you glad. There he tells us what's going to happen in just a very short time. The devil's going to be bound. And all those who are ungrateful and the sinners are going to be cast into hell, the lake of fire, for all eternity. But those whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life will be with Jesus and God in eternal glory and joy and all tears will be wiped away and sorrow and pain will all leave. Read the contrast and rejoice in the fact that your name is written there. And if it isn't, you can change that today. You can come to Jesus and surrender your life to him. And ask him to forgive all your sins. Every one of them. None of your sins will ever be remembered again. And you can surrender your life to him and he becomes your glad joy. There's no greater joy than that your sins are forgiven. And if you haven't experienced that joy, you don't know what real joy is yet. You might be happy about things that happen to you. But there's no greater joy than when Jesus forgives all of our sins. 
and writes our name in the Lamb's book of life. And for that joy, you'll give your whole life when the Lord puts that joy in your life. Your father can die. Your wife and baby can die. You can be sent in a labor prison camp in North Korea to slave until your last breath, separated from all your loved ones to never see them again. You can burn at the stake. Anything can happen in this life, but nothing can separate you from that gladness, that thankful heart for this one thing. My name is written there. He forgave all my sins and has put his spirit within me and adopted me into his family. That, that I can rejoice in every day and be glad in God. And if you can't find anything else to say thank you to God for today, because everything that has happened to you is pain and sorrow and brings tears, and you can be glad in that. So I want to just close with that invitation to you, to all of us. That's what Jesus said we should rejoice in. Not even that demons are subject to us or spiritual powers or things happen when we pray. No. Rejoice in this one thing. My name is written there. And that's where I'll spend all eternity, the fullness of joy. Father, I thank you that my name is written there. Father, I pray if there is anyone here today who doesn't know if their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that today would be the day of salvation. Today they would come and repent from all their sins and let you forgive them all and receive that love in their hearts and that gladness the joy of watching you write their name in the book of life. Oh, Father, I pray you would invite everyone who is here at this meeting into that joy again and remind us of that eternal glory that awaits us, those of us whose name is written there. And nothing can compare in this world, to that eternal, glorious joy. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bear witness to this in every heart and soul, that today again, you, as the advocate with our Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One, stands at the door and you knock. And if any man will open, you will come into him. And you will have fellowship with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that glorious, wonderful reality. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.